Well, welcome to everybody to another and final of the year edition of Linking the Travel Industry, where we discuss popular and interesting travel industry posts which appeared on LinkedIn during the last week. Um, just some housekeeping, we are recording the session because we do make it available as a podcast afterwards, and we'll tell you about that towards the end of the session. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm the CEO of Agentivity, where we help travel management companies gain insight into and control of their businesses, as well as achieve scalable growth through the effective use of their data. And hello, everybody. I am Anne, and I work as an independent consultant in the travel industry, uh, together with the brands of LeapShift and ExploreTech. And my name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where you get all the updates on business travel in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president of sales at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. So thank you both. This is the final session for the year. I actually tried to count how many of these we've done this year, but it's it's a lot um, because we didn't exactly start right at the start of this year. But yeah, that's, uh, we've done quite a few of these. And again, for those in the audience, we really thank you for joining us and giving us your time. It's very nice to see some familiar faces, Hi, Mohit, and some others there. So thank you for joining us. The format of this discussion evolves around a post I do on a Friday. And because it's the last one of the year, I've also asked both Anne and Ash to have a quick discussion with me about the stories that they think made the most impact this year as well. So we'll get to those later on. So my personal Friday, I think most of our feeds were dominated by the news about Air France KLM and their suspension of their agent booking tool on their agency website or their agent connector biz website due to what was quoted as a number of fraud cases. So we don't actually know exactly what happened there. There was an article in the beat that delved into a bit more detail. Um, but again, it just it just talked about fraud um, that happens. There was a related story to this, and this confused many people, but there was a related story where Air France KLM also got a bit worried about how a agency that's under the FCM brand, an entity called Three Mundi, was selling some of its tickets. And again, there they just quoted irregularities and how they were displaying ticket prices. We don't, again, know the detail of it. But those two things certainly highlighted my feed last week. Um, so, Anne, I know you and I talked about this quite a lot, right? Anything you want to add to that or what your thoughts are on those two stories? It's interesting that we still really don't know what's happened. And like you said, it sparked a lot of conversation. I mean, we know that one of the original intents of NDC, of course, has always been to control the offer and control the order. And it surprises me, I must say, when, when this is an agent portal, that the auditing has not worked better. But then again, I mean, I, I'm not the person to say that because I really don't know how they discovered this and how long it's been going on for. You know, a, an agent portal doesn't necessarily have to be an NDC portal, right? I was getting very worried that this is going to, you know, become an NDC and, and there's a similar mm. technology discussion because it's it's not, it seems. I mean, it does seem to me it's post the booking process, something to do with a email that is sent out to collect payments, something along that lines. But again, it's, mm. it's hard to speculate. But no, it, it shouldn't have any relevance to what was used to make the booking, absolutely. Ash, no, exactly. on the story, did you see it on your side of the pond? 
it's got a certain you know ring to it and of course these two stories are all coming out at the same time so obviously air france klm is maybe doing some work on cleaning things up and they've noticed things that they might have thought to be inappropriate but i'm curious about the three mundi story right i mean when they say irregularities uh what do they really mean by that and if it's a fair discrepancy issue then the question now becomes that the laws in each country are slightly different so the way i read this is that because of the way that this agency was conducting business in the country that they're in that created an additional layer of complication that was otherwise maybe not a complication in another country if they did the same exact thing wow Maybe. I mean, my impression is it's all within Europe, right? So they should all have the same rules, technically. Yeah, but country to country, it's different, Rian, right? So I think that the the key thing here is that because Mm -hmm. this agency was doing this, I think it's France, the laws there are different in terms of how a fare that is promoted by an airline could then be changed by an agency. And I think that that's the key. As far as fares being changed by the agency, that's that's like the age-old story, right? I mean, agencies have always marked up fares. There's always net fares that have been marked up to published fares, published fares that were discounted, commission taken out, and all sorts of activities like that. I mean, that's just how travel agencies have always worked. For them to pick this agency specifically in France, I think there is a story right there in the sense that maybe these activities are not allowed in that country specifically. Well, there were some people in my discussion on LinkedIn who disagreed with me on that, who said agents are not allowed to do that and they should be uh, seen as the representative of the airline. But of course, this is the this is what agents do. And it's absolutely fine. Uh, the only law I'm aware of is in many countries, you're not allowed to display a fare and, and that doesn't show you know what's included, right? Or, or, or only afterwards say, oh, that was the fare, but now you have to pay me extra for this. You have to make it quite clear as to, as to what is extra and what you have to pay for. I've heard from two airlines, one in, in the Nordics and, and also KLM, I've heard that they can't do anything about agents actually manipulating their fares, which to me sounds a bit sort of I mean, like strange. I said in my post, fare violates the rules and the agency will get an ADM. So really, it's yeah. fairly straightforward. Yeah. If, if the agent is within its rights and how they manipulate the fare, then uh, I, I don't think that was the issue here. I think there's something else here. Maybe they just made a lot of money and Air France yes. is pissed off. Not, not happy <laughs> about it. Absolutely. So there we yeah. go. Let's God forbid on. an agency makes some money. Yes. <laughs> Ash, you call this one wrong, right? You said to us, to both myself and Anne, that you think United Airlines, which is our next story, was going to place its order with Airbus. But they did not. They stuck with Boeing. And they placed one of the biggest orders in history, if not the biggest, for at least 100 new Dreamliners with the option of 100 more. So surprise or, or no surprise there, Ash? You know, there's a player called Michael Jordan. I don't know if you know him, but even Michael Jordan missed some shots uh, every once in a while. So I'm given that opportunity as well. You're in good company. Not to, not to put me at the same level as him, but, you know, just putting it in context. You know, United Airlines made a big purchase and probably because Boeing has a going out of business sale, in my Ooh. opinion, they probably gave out all these 787 Dreamliners for very, very cheap. And they had to bring in the revenue. And Boeing is, is struggling as a company and they have a lot of issues. They have a lot of problems. Problems, and I can go through that list endlessly. But you know, the idea that Scott Kirby made this deal with Boeing is not a surprise because Boeing just made the offer too lucrative. So this is a wow. fire sale, is it? Fire sale, yes. Going out of business. <laughs> Buy one plane, get one free. Kind of. Are you, are you sure, Ash, that you don't sort of have a sidekick business as a lobbyist for Airbus? <laughs> Airbus, yeah. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Airbus, call me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, interesting story. Wow. But I mean, 
And any thoughts on that? I mean, they only have Boeing in their fleet anyway today. They don't have any of those planes. So this makes obviously sense from that perspective, right? To yes, it does. Thought. It does, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some airlines out there that, that just have, have Boeing in their fleet. I believe Ryanair is another one, right? Yeah, yeah. and of course it makes sense to have the same, yes. same manufacturer. Sounds like we always make you a bit laugh there, and so. <laughs> and we really have to dig into that about Ash's uh, lucrative, you know, side business. My next one was about Amadeus and Finnair, also fairly uh, big waves has caused in the industry. Lots of uh, discussion about this, but Amadeus and Finnair announced that they will create the next generation airline retail solution by working together on this. And um, as I mentioned in my post, this is despite IATA's, in brackets, coalition of the willing initiative. Um, I have to say, I saw other posts where there was, you know, an admittance that it won't be a short journey. Some reports were talking about seven to eight years before they will get that right. Lots to see into the story. And what should we make of this? Of course, Amadeus need uh, an airline to work together with, and uh, Finnair is often chosen by Amadeus for various products. And, uh, and, and I do believe, you know, that the estimated time is um, those OMS systems that I know of today that are around, it's sort of taken them, I would say, five to seven years to get where they are today. It will, it will take them some time. I thought they actually sort of already initiated offering order management system. Yeah. But obviously not. So that that really surprised me uh, a bit. I just want to ask you a follow-up question. What do you think IATA makes of this? I mean, the one was it last week that they announced their initiative on fixing airline return? Mm. Now Amadeus and Finnair sort of do something on their own on the side. Do you think it's going to cause any issues there? Or let me rephrase that. Why couldn't we just get Amadeus and Finnair to join that initiative with IATA? The timing is interesting. Very strange that there is like a week between. I assume that the coalition of the willing is going to be sort of an engagement to engage various companies in this space, whoever wants to... Whoever um, is willing. Yeah, who, yes, whoever is, whoever is willing to work with the willing. But I guess that, that Amadeus have sort of said that, well, we've selected one airline and we will work together mm. with them. Yeah, I have this imagination of like all these airline executives standing in a straight line, looking outwards and all of them raising their hands up and walking towards us going, I am the willing, I am the willing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so, it's like, so like, like weird and strange. And I can't, I hate that phrase will of the willing. Um, but this entire story just kind of reeks of PR and yes. it makes me, you know, kind of like go, what the heck are these guys doing? You know, they're saying offer and order capabilities, offer and order capabilities. I'll give you an offer. How about you stop? making uh, stupid PR announcements and here's an order do work instead of putting up your announcements I mean this is this is like 1985 I mean this is nonsense absolutely absolutely it is a bit you know uh, that's always um, I've always found that a bit hilarious when people say we have offer capability but we don't have order capability because you know why would you why would you have offer capability if you can't fulfill the order it's pretty exactly exactly here build the next generation airline retail offer bringing personalization and real-time insights to the adoption of offers and orders. Hello. Well, the only we, thing they did was they made personalization, you know, they use Z instead of S. This is an Americanized PR announcement. 
My next story, I think we'll just browse through quite quickly. I did ask him to see if he can join us today, but he's based in Seattle. This is Eric Bailey from Microsoft. He's the corporate travel buyer there, and he published with a few other people, obviously, not just on his own, a corporate travel purpose of travel document. It is quite a lengthy document. In my view, it's pretty good that this sort of thing is out there. It speaks about, as it says on the title, the purpose of travel and making sure that that is understood. Obviously, it's it's quite topical with the focus on um, emissions and uh, uh, you know, better ways to do business or other ways to do business. Than Anosh, uh, any comments? From a high-level perspective, I think he hits on, you know, a nice outline of points. I mean, keep in mind that this was put together by a number of people, like you mentioned, Rian, and all these people are super smart and they know what they're talking about and they're not wordy in their approach. Uh, so they try to make it simple and easy. So from a big picture perspective, I mean, there's some concepts here uh, that have been taken from different places and brought together in an organized fashion. And it comes down to what do we see the future of travel being, right? And how do we look at travel and what is important and what is not important? So it kind of puts it all together together. It cuts through all the riffraff, which I like a lot. It makes it simple and, and easy to understand. And I think that when you look at this and you read it in its entirety, you know, you have a little bit of Festive Road in there. You have a little bit of uh, Steve Singh, Drone Adventures, Ask Concur, and you have all these ideas coming together. Spot Nana's mentioned in there, American Express, and the list goes on and on. So, you know, you have a lot of people coming together and just kind of putting this thing out there. And it's a great read. And I think it's a really nice way to uh, look at how you should be thinking. If you're not really aligned with the thoughts in this document, then and I think it's time that you took a look at it and just kind of question yourself. And it's the end of the year. It's time to think about those kind of things and look into 2023. Wow, Ash, you did your homework there. Um, you've read more of the document than I have, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It, it is it is absolutely the correct thing to be doing, and it's, it's certainly worth a, a read. I will certainly read all of it. And... That's an excellent read for those who are new to the industry to better understand. I also, you know, any attempt to sort of explain things in a simplified way or make it clear so it, we can understand, kudos to them because it's just, it's it's really good. And I sort of sense this kind of new era in corporate travel. <laughs> Then the last story on my list for last week was about the news that Boom Supersonic has finally found themselves another engine partner. I have subsequent to that post read uh, one or two which remain very skeptical about their ability to fly one day. But they did announce a, an alternative um, engine manufacturer, one I've never heard of before. And they're going to be calling their engine Symphony. So the plane is going to be called Overture and then the engine is going to be called uh, Symphony. Ash, do you think they're back on track? I know many people when it came out, you know, it was looked upon as something that was a joke and, you know, somewhat not really. And then, of course, when, you know, Rolls Royce left and it was like, oh, they're dead. It's over. It's finished. You know, I don't I, I'm not one of those people. I think that there is going to be a, a supersonic age of travel in our lifetime, I believe. And I think that the idea that it takes you 10 hours to go from point A to point B will be a thing of the past because the world, as we keep saying, is smaller. Right. And we need to get to point. I mean, you cannot take seven hours to get to London from New York. It's just not the way we process anymore. So aviation has to catch up. And whether it's boom supersonic in its name that it is today, or it evolves into something else, or there's many other companies, I think that they're not the only one that's looking at this industry. There's many others. And this is all tied to the space race as well. So, you know, there's a very high level of space um, in there. And I think that it's an invention away. You know, there was news just this past weekend, actually, that some scientists in California have uh, really taken a huge step forward in fusion. 
you know, if you think about fusion, fusion is really the solution to uh, a lot of the problems that we're talking about. You know, when we talk about uh, sustainable aviation fuel, we talk about the planet, the climate, and all these things, right? I mean, they're all tied to this conversation. So they've made a huge step forward in fusion. And if you bring fusion into this picture, whether you talk about space travel or supersonic travel, it's a solution to all those issues. And so I think that science is moving really fast. And I think that we will have a time within our own lifetimes here that we will be going from New York to London in two, three hours, and it will be the norm. And what are your thoughts? And by the way, the company is called Florida Turbine Technologies. Yes. FTT. Oh no. Yeah. 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 That's right. Florida Turbine. Yeah. I read the I, I read the article. I mean, I totally agree with 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 Ash that everyone was sort of laughing at it in in the beginning, and I'm certainly not laughing at it. I I do believe in supersonic travel. I'm not very knowledgeable though. I also, you know, think it's fascinating with this the fusion news, mm-hmm. the recent news. Yep. Very very interesting and. Um, it's so nice to hear about some progress. I was just by me joking about it. I fully agree with you. I do think supersonic travel will be happening, and um, it needs to. I agree. It absolutely needs to. So, um, yes. and it, it will just be a good thing. I think those were the stories on my list. I have asked you both if you have thought of, and I actually went through the entire list that I've kept for the year and, you know, thought about which uh, stories or topics, really, topics is probably a better one, you think made the biggest waves in 2022. And I might even ask you, you know, what you think will, will have the biggest impact going forward. So... And what stood out for you this year? Well, as you know, of course, I'm I'm distribution focused. You know, that's that's kind of my baby, right? So it stood out to me that we still go on about NDC so much, and we seem to another 180, and we're still debating and discussing what is it, rather than talking about progress. Uh, and and I sort of keep saying, does it matter so much? You know, it's great that we work towards a standard. I fully support that. I think that's something that is very much needed. But at the same time, I think we should be discussing how can we, you know, what what can actually improve. And and you know my thoughts on that. You know that I I think that messaging needs to uh, be modernized. We have to bring down distribution costs, etc. So so that's one that stands out. And then, of course, what's what I'm really passionate about, and I'm I'm finally seeing that we're seeing some good articles on retailing, and that people are starting to talk about retailing the way it means to me, right? So the proper, you know, how, how to make money, how to grow revenue. That's what I'm really, really passionate about. So that's I would say the the second area. But I would say that the third area and what I found most interesting is really blockchain, ledger technology, the new ways of payment. And if we can make those financial transactions if we can modernize that and make them more transparent and secure, um, that is what I'm also very, very passionate about. I think that and retailing is going to be very closely linked, spread of data and, and retailing. So, Ash, over to you. All right. Uh, I want to do a shout out to Pedro, who's on the call, mm-hmm. a friend of mine. We go back many, many years. So, Pedro, thank you for joining. And of course, all the others as well. Thanks for the thumbs up. And for, stories from my side, right? I mean, I think that there's buckets of uh, topics that have happened this year, which 
first one I think is sustainable travel, right? Like when you think about sustainable travel, you think about all the decisions that airlines have made and all the work that's being done around sustainable aviation fuel. I think there's a huge amount of effort that took place this year that probably hasn't happened in the last decade in its entirety. And of course, the idea of sustainable travel is relatively new. There's some side stories that have come out of that as it relates to sustainable travel, uh, things like France, you know, limiting short haul flights. So I think that there is a move in the direction of sustainable travel is really uh, the future. The other one, I think, is around partnerships. And I think that more travel companies have come together and worked out how to work together this year than ever before. The amount of innovation that's been created, you know, whether we talk about there is alliances that are working better together now than they did in years past, or whether it's two companies that really haven't done anything together in the past coming together to create something new. So for me, I think that partnership is huge. And I think it's going to need to be huge because when you look at the forecasting of travel, you look at the forecasting of business travel specifically, the numbers are not there. And I think that when you think about travel where it is today in 2022, it's about at 60%. And I'm talking about business travel compared to pre-pandemic. And then my final topic, which I think is, of course, really important, is around space news. And I think that space travel and the, and the work that has been done on space travel this year, whether it came from NASA, whether it came from Virgin Galactics and the uh, SpaceX's of the world, whether it came came from the work that was done on meteors uh, being changed in trajectory uh, because of an explosion that was done into space or the most recent news of the craft that went around the moon a couple of times and came back to Earth. I mean, I think that space news took a huge leap forward this year. Yeah, three really good uh, topics. No surprise you mentioned the space travel, but you've had the influence on me to make me change my mind about that as well. So um, I'm I'm getting very excited about space travel as well and the impact it's going to have on our corporate travel. For me, the three big topics, I mentioned one, which was the NDC truth. Let's just call it that. The fact that we're getting people to be more uh, factual and uh, practical about what they do about NDC and you know what they deliver. And also when these announcements come out for us to be questioning it and talking about it, I think that was really a, a big topic for me this year. And it won't stop. I mean, we, st- we still see ludicrous announcements and people saying you know, absolutely crazy stuff about it. So we'll keep asking those questions. I also have sustainable, but also I said slash responsible travel or the responsible mindset of travelers now on my on my list because that certainly stood stood out and I don't think that's going to go away. I think that it's just going to increase absolutely. And um, my other um, subject was really still surprised at the over-optimism investment in travel. I still think there's a lot of over-evaluation going on. I won't mention companies, but we've talked recently about companies who had you know, half a billion dollars worth of credit extended to them or evaluations of 10 plus billion dollars after only being in operations for you know, less than two years. So I, I think there is some crazy stuff still happening. And I, I do think that um, there's a bit of reality check required on those um, and it will happen. It will happen absolutely next year. So those are my three on the subject list. But stories that really stood out for me was, and it, it's still not finished, right? From my side, again, I want to just thank you both. And for those in the audience as well, thank you for your participation. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And a special shout out to Mohit for always reposting and uh, helping us out. Happy holidays.
All right, and uh, thank you everybody for joining today's session. As Rian said, we will be back on January 9th, and we look forward to seeing you all there. In the meantime, during the holidays, tell everybody about this event. Tell them that there's an event that they should all be part of in 2023. We would greatly appreciate it. And of course, as you all know, this session is always available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off for the holidays, and we'll be back in 2023.